This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey, Bird Shooter here, and thanks for joining us for episode number 16 in the N2 Backpacking podcast series. Uh, I speak with Glenn Schuffenhauer tonight. He's also known as The Helmet, and the uh, topic is the Long Trail. It's uh, the first and the oldest long-distance trail in the United States, completed in 1930, and it really essentially set the standard for um, many of the major long-distance trails that would follow, including the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and then the, the whole through-hiking movement that, uh, that would wrap around it. Uh, the Long Trail runs um, from north to south in Vermont. It's a 272-mile trail. Uh, in the north, it starts at North Troy, Vermont, near the Canadian border, and it uh, drops down to Williamstown, Mass., in the southern terminus, uh, following mostly the Green Mountains on the route. Tonight, we're going to speak from a schoolhouse in Barton, Vermont, which is about 25 miles from um, the Long Trail. And uh, between Glenn and I, we've essentially hiked the entire trail, and we're going to talk uh, about some of our favorite nights on the trail, um, some of the, the many and scenic peaks on the route, including Killington, Stratton, Mount Mansfield, and some others. And um, it's also a second chance for me to speak with Glenn. He was uh, the inaugural episode, episode one, where I caught he and his wife Susan for a uh, interview on the John Muir, and he'll talk a little bit about how the two compare and um, why he's enjoyed both, but how they're incredibly different. So that said, here is uh, Glenn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bird Shooter here. I'm sitting with a longtime friend of Bird Shooter, hiking companion over many trips, Glenn Schuffenhauer, a.k.a. The Helmet. Glenn, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks, Steve. Good meeting with you again. Yeah, no kidding. This is, uh, you know, actually interview number 16 in the N2 Backpacking Series. And you, my friend, were interview number one with your wife. So you have to feel a little important here. It's fun to be back. Hope this one goes well. Well, we'll do our best. And we are actually only miles from the historic Long Trail in Vermont. The trail that actually essentially kicked off the whole thru-hiking movement if I understand it right. But first, before we talk about that, we're in your backyard here in Vermont. I felt like I had to interview you, being so close to the Long Trail, about the Long Trail. But first, we're sitting in an 1830 schoolhouse. 1858. 58? No, Mm -hmm. 58. I was thinking it was 38. So give give us a little history on the uh, schoolhouse, how it came to be, how you came to be an owner of this schoolhouse. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah, as you say, it's the 1858 schoolhouse here in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. Um, my family has owned this house uh, since about the early 70s, so I've been coming up here uh, ever since I can remember. And uh, back in the day when I was growing up in New Jersey, we would make the trek up here you know, for weekends or summer vacation. Uh, now, living down in the south in Georgia, it's a little bit more difficult, but uh, we try to make the trip up here, me and my family, uh, you know, to uh, come visit and spend some time at the house. So this is uh, definitely a treat to come up here and uh, 
Steve, it's worked out well that you're able to uh, stop by and visit, so it's fun having you. It's only a 20-hour drive, really. Mm -hmm. Not much at all. But the history of the schoolhouse is what exactly? I mean, at one time it served the uh, yeah. town of, of Barton, Vermont? Is yeah, right? I mean, it used to be a one-room schoolhouse for the, for the town and community, and uh, it uh, stopped being a schoolhouse, I guess, went out of service or whatever in the, in the uh, 60s, 1960s, early 60s, I guess, so... Um, and uh, my parents actually bought it from an old lady that used to live here. And uh, as I say, we've had it for, it's been in the family since then. So it still retains a lot of its uh, schoolhouse charm. It's got the whole bank of uh, side windows there to let the light in. And uh, it's got a pot belly stove, a uh, real tiny kitchen and bathroom. And it's, you could just envision us, you know, school taking place. And uh, you want to set the scene for where we are right now. Well, I mean, I think it's a great point. Uh, I mean, we're sitting on a beautiful stream. What's the name of the stream? Do you have any idea? Uh, that's a good question. It's uh, We've always just called it the brook, and it uh, flows into Crystal Lake, so which is uh, right down the road here a couple miles. So, um, uh, you know, if there's an actual name to this thing, we, we call it the brook, and <laughs> that works for us. So. Yeah, that, that works. I mean, but true to Vermont fashion, uh, your neighbor across the street, I understand, basically taps maple trees like, what, 10, 20, 40, 50 yards from here? Uh, yep, yep, that's right. He started doing that a number of years ago, and uh, um, my hope someday is to come up here uh, during, you know, when the sap's running and then do that for a weekend and kind of learn a little bit about it. But, uh, yeah, and I actually heard it was a good year this year for maple syrup, so I, I think everyone's pretty happy. But, uh yeah, they tap uh, tap the sugar trees in the mountain behind the house, and um, we're always uh, buying some maple syrup off of them and bringing them back home. It's so good. And you're going to hook us up with some of that in the morning, I understand. Uh, we can try, yes, definitely. I will I will be thinking about that <laughs> all night long. So, uh, obviously, you can hear the stream running in the background. Hopefully, the audio um, is... is is coming clearly here to the to the studio audience with this with the stream but it's 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 very very scenic very pretty here tonight so we'll have to post a picture at into backpacking for the uh for the studio audience but anyway the the topic of conversation tonight is the long trail between the two of us the helmet and i have done essentially the whole long trail right you guys have done how many miles now we've done about 170 miles of it so you've done about 170, I've done about 100. And it's, you've done the southern part, and we've done the northern part, so... Yeah, well, the whole trail is 272 miles, so uh, I'm no math wizard, <laughs> but I think that adds up to 270. So between you and I, we're about two miles shy. Excellent. I, I think we can safely say we've done it, right? Well, I think between you and I, we can at least speak to the long trail, right? Yeah. So um, for our listeners, it's a 272-mile trail. It goes from basically the border of Massachusetts and Vermont all the way to the Canadian border with Vermont. Uh, it starts near Williamstown, Mass and runs north, obviously although you, you guys have kind of section hiked it. you mostly hiked it probably southbound, right? Well, we've hiked it northbound but it seems like we've been tackling our sections north and then moving south to do a different section, so it's been a little bit different the way we've done it, but uh, you know we've, we've done a fair amount of it at this point. So southern end, Williamstown, Mass, northern end, North Troy, Vermont, which is right on the uh, Canadian border, a uh, hundred miles of the route is shared with the Appalachian Trail, which is why I've, I've hiked this southern piece. Um, it's, it's mostly in the Green Mountains, is that right? Yeah, definitely, exactly right, runs the spine of the Green Mountains. 
Um, some major summits that uh, we'll talk about tonight that it traverses. It goes across um, Glastonbury Mountain, which is in southern Vermont. Then next, Stratton, which is a, a ski resort known by many skiers as is Killington, which it also goes across. Then Mount Abraham, Mount Ellen, Camel's Hump, Mount Mansfield, and Jay Peak. And, and you said that Mount Mansfield was quite a challenge to climb, I understand. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun, but definitely a challenge. So t- tell me a little bit about it. I mean, you said there were ladders on that? or Yeah, yeah. And uh, fortunately for us, uh, uh, we, uh, as we've talked about, we uh, section hike. So we were able to kind of start that hike with some fresh legs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there are, it's, a, it's a difficult difficult climb. Uh, not, not one that I would take, uh, take the kids out on if they're too young. But there's some, uh, I mean, the northern section of the long trail is, um, you know, challenging uh, in and of itself. But... Uh, yeah, hiking up Mount Mansfield was uh, definitely, um, there's some tight squeezes in there, and there's some ladders that you have to climb up and over and around and all that. So it's uh, something, uh, you know, when we got into it, we weren't expecting, but it was definitely a lot of fun. So Stratton, I don't think you've made it down to the southern section yet, so you haven't been across Stratton. No, not yet. Um, and it is also shared with the AT in that section, but I wanted to bring Stratton Mountain up here quickly because it claims unique history in uh, the trail because James Taylor in uh, 1909 was on the mountain when he first conceived the idea of the trail um, which obviously runs from as we said from Massachusetts to the Canadian border Um, but it really was truly the first long trail and do you know what other famous trail individual was inspired on the summit of Stratton Mountain tell me no I actually forget his name, and it's killing me right now. Benton Mackay. That's right. Okay. Who is essentially responsible for what long-distance trail? You want to help help the studio the, audience? The AT? Absolutely. Benton Mackay, uh, essentially also, because he was involved with the long trail, or at least participating in, in, in the long trail in its earlier years, uh, basically really conceived the idea of a trail that didn't just span the Massachusetts through Vermont to the Canadian border um, range, but essentially went all the way from the south to the northeast that covered the whole Appalachian Mountains. So Benton Mackay was also inspired by his moments on Stratton Mountain. Excellent. Another little tidbit for you there. Um, so so t- tell me this, Glenn. Like, you, you guys have hiked the northern section did you did you start at the canadian border and work your way down or how, how'd you how'd you work that well we, no no we didn't work our way south we actually hiked north north or south to north we hiked hiked north um but our first hike on the trail actually was that last section leading into canada so um and, and from there we kind of as i say we would not intentionally but then we would pick different hikes that were a bit farther south and we would always hike north to south though but that that was our first hike uh was um you know into canada and uh you know that was uh from there that was kind of the start of it all where you know for several years we would go back and and you know knock off different sections so eventually it it all added up to 170 and uh uh that's where we stand today so now how did you, did you guys didn't go across the border? You didn't have to deal with any uh, customs issues. I mean, how does no. that work? Yeah, I mean, you're you're out there. In, I mean, you're in the middle of the woods. So um, I think maybe back in the day you had some rum rum runners or some other uh, other uh, 
uh, illegal activities going on in that area, but uh, it, it's pretty much you uh, hike into Canada and there's a, there's a marker post, you know, that you're in Canada and you can, uh, you know, have your photo op and all that fun stuff, it's fun stuff, and then you just kind of uh, hike your way back down uh, into the U.S., so uh, no, no concerns at, at any front there. I mean, you're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And Bird Shooter commits to the audience here to try to get somebody that's actually done a through hike within a single year on the podcast at a future date. But we, we wanted to tap Glenn's brain while we had him trapped here tonight. Um, so did, did you know that the Long Trail actually had a bit of notoriety? Or notoriety, I guess would be the correct word? Uh, not exactly. What uh... In a sort of Bermuda Triangle way? Okay, you haven't heard. Well, we kind of talked about. We talked about a little, but uh, I don't think uh, the story didn't ring familiar to me. So, and it's probably a good thing because. Uh, but. Uh, you know what section? Did I? Uh, we didn't even talk mm-mm. about that, did we? No, we didn't. It's actually the section in, in the very southernmost part of the Long Trail, uh, between Glastonbury Mountain, and um, basically Woodford, which is around Vermont State Route Nine, just east of Bennington, Vermont. But there's about a 10-mile section which uh, unfortunately got some notoriety between 1945 and 1950 because four people inexplicably just disappeared. And they only found one of those bodies in that period of time. One, one of the women was, uh, was well-publicized her disappearance. She was a college student and went out for a day hike and never came back. And um, So anyway, there's, a, there's a, definitely an a interesting part of the trail, although I don't understand that they've had any issues in that area since. But so it's never, never solved, really? No, unsolved mysteries for the most part. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think only one of the mysteries, I don't even know if the one mystery was mm-hmm. survived, but you know, for the most part. Anyway, not, not to scare our audience out. <laughs> okay. um, so... You've done a bunch of the AT Appalachian Trail as well, right? Uh, actually, not not too much, not too much. I mean, the, really, the Long Trail is what what we've done, and you know, we talked about uh, John Muir Trail in the past, which was a previous podcast. But um, no, I, uh, not really much of the AT. I know you and I've done uh, little snippets here, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, for the, for the first hundred miles, they essentially share the same path, and. Um, some of the some of the earlier peaks that I remember and really enjoyed, uh, Stratton, I thought was awesome. First of all, the views up top are great. Second of all, you can jump a chairlift, or at the time it was a gondola, and take it down to the village and restock for food and those sort of things. Um, so that comes up pretty early on. Right after that is a town called Manchester Center. Have you been down there before? I'm not sure if I have. I really like that town. It was uh, at the time they had a hostel, which was a church hostel, which I think has since closed down. And unfortunately, I think there were hikers uh, exhibiting poor behavior mm. that uh, resulted in the closing of that hostel. But um, I, I really like the town itself. It was a, uh, a quaint, um, very typical kind of New England town, small town. Um, really, really enjoyed being there. Had had good food. I mean, mm-hmm. expensive food, you know, but it w- it was good. Uh, and then right after that was Mount Bromley. Which are you familiar with Mount Bromley at all? Sorry, sorry to say I'm not. Honestly, probably, you know, if I had to say of my top five or maybe eight stories from the AT, it was on Mount Bromley. Mount Bromley is actually a, a ski hill, ski well, ski resort of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's anywhere, I mean, it certainly isn't to the extent that a Killington or a Stratton 
ski mountain would be, but um, it was on Mount Bromley that I uh, cracked open my Through Hikers Handbook and read about the Alpine Slide. Have you ever done an Alpine Slide? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, we've done that. Now, I don't know if they're still doing it, but back in the day, they would allow you to uh, get a free Alpine Slide if you were a Through Hiker. Mm-hmm. And um, we were on top of the mountain. It was a beautiful sunny day. I think we'd hiked like three miles up there from Manchester Center. And um, you could see forever. We were on top of, of a uh, kind of a lookout tower. We had, you know, maybe a, a quick snack. And I cracked the book open. I read that there was a free alpine slide <laughs> ride down. You know, you had to walk maybe, I don't know, I, I would say yeah, it was a good three, 500 yards down the hill to get to it. Mm-hmm. But I took one ride on that alpine slide, and I was hooked. All right. <laughs> I think we did five or six more runs, and we paid for them. That's what I was going to say. One was free. They, they got you then, huh? They, yeah, they hooked. Yeah, they, they definitely baited us and hooked us. But at the bottom of the um, alpine slide, there was a bar, and um, they served food. Mm-hmm. And any, any thru-hiker is going to take advantage of the, the, the food. So we ate some food. We got some drinks. Um, one of the girls I was with had bartended and convinced the bartender to sell us a bottle of wine. So, and at cost, because she knew what the cost of the bottle was. Mm-hmm. So he did. We took the um, chairlift up, hiked to the top of the mountain where um, we had been at the lookout tower before, and we laid in one of the ski nets at the top of the ski hill, you know, that would catch you if you'd fall mm-hmm. off the chairlift. And we watched the sun go down and drank a bottle of wine. All right, and nice. It, and it was, I mean, it was honestly, it was beautiful, just a beautiful night. It was, I was with my crew hiker buddies. It was really fun. And all of a sudden, we hear a bunch of music blasting out of a ski hut, which was underneath the uh, lookout tower. You've never heard this story, have you? Mm-mm. I have not. So a bunch of music's coming out of there. We walk over, and a couple other through hikers that I knew, Stuff Sack and Wicked Ale, were in there. And they said they had run into the paint crew, and the paint crew were a couple guys that were painting all the poles, the ski poles for the mm-hmm. summer. And they had invited us to spend the night in the warming, it was essentially a warming hut, right? And uh, they, I don't know what they were doing. They'd been up there and they'd left. They were on four-wheelers. So we uh, we were hanging out, and they came back, and they said, hey, you guys want some beer? And we slipped them, I think, 20 bucks, and they disappeared, and we hung out. And then about one in the morning, they weren't there. And so we're like, uh, I guess maybe they're not coming back. Uh-huh. And so we sacked out, and about two in the morning, they showed up with a case. <laughs> oh, nice. And I don't think any of us wanted to drink any beer, mm-hmm. but we felt obligated. And so we sat from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. and drank beer. Wow. And then the sun came up, and then we all went to sleep. And uh, that was my Mount Bromley experience. Any hiking that day then? Uh, it came very late. All right. But they did have a sack of potatoes, and we cut the potatoes up, and they had like a little Coleman stove. And mm-hmm. we, we, uh, it was a great breakfast. One of the dudes had a dog that was with them and slept with us. It was, it was just kind of a surreal experience. <laughs> so Mount Bromley was a big hit with me, I have to be honest. And then right after Mount Bromley, heading north, and we'll, we'll take you north to south here, or south to north is Little Rock Pond. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, you're, you're asking me these questions. I'm sorry to say no, I haven't. Uh, Glenn, you have got to get your wife on the southern <laughs> section of the Long Trail. It so, is awesome. so these are all the southern section, that's why. Yes, okay. southern section. So right. you haven't been there yet. The Little Rock Pond is beautiful. It's a huge pond. 
Um, actually, the Intube backpacking logo with laid-back oh, Sue, laid-back Sue and tire dogs with the boots. Uh, no, that that would be that was, those are laid-back Sue's boots, but with laid-back Sue and tire dogs, they're on a cliff overlooking Little Rock Pond, mm-hmm. and um, we actually jumped. I we heard some guy across the lake jumping into the uh, pond, mm-hmm. and it was probably like a thirty-foot drop off this cliff, and I saw it and I had to go. <laughs> And so I went. We got some pictures of that. It was awesome. Beautiful pond. They've got, I think they've got a caretaker there in the summer and some uh, tent platforms. But mm-hmm. It's really pretty. It's actually a pretty good sized pond. Obviously glacial. Had to be glacial. I'm sure it's glacial. And then north of that is, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Clarendon Gorge or Clarendon or something like I'm that. Not, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know the local flavor on that, but it's near Killington. It's right mm-hmm. before Killington. A beautiful gorge with a big suspension bridge. Mm-hmm. It's right near the road, so I don't, I don't know if you'd want to camp there, but it's a really, really pretty area. Highly recommend that. Really super cool. Also one of my favorite photos of the trail. We got down in the gorge. I took a shot of tire dogs coming across the bridge. Well, I'm going to ask you, uh, it's probably going off your, uh, straying from your script a little bit, but what, what was your thought of the shelters on that uh, AT long trail section? Th- that's a good question because... Um, to be fair, and, and a lot of the trail clubs work incredibly hard to maintain not just the Appalachian Trail, but the Long Trail as well. But, you know, in Georgia where we live, they've got a lot of people. And the shelters there are phenomenal. I mean, like, you know. On the Long Trail or Georgia? Well, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, parts of Virginia had, Virginia had the most amazing shelters that I saw my whole hike. I mean, like, mega structures that would mm-hmm. sleep 40 people, you know, 30, 40 people. But in Vermont, at least when I was going through, they were pretty, you know, they were smaller and kind of rustic, right? Well, yeah, uh, that's uh, just curious because you've done a, a lot more hiking than I have. But, you know, I, I've done a fair bit. And, um, you know, the, yeah, the, the long trail shelters, uh, I mean, you have a lot of, uh, you know, three-sided or what have you, open-faced shelters, which are, are very nice. And, and you have some uh, some older structures enclosed as well that, that are rustic, as you say. So, um, you know, but which, uh, you know, I mean, I think they're great, you know, uh, as far as uh, just hiking. But, um, you know, with the AT and the, the long trail being, you know, joined for that first hundred miles, you know, maybe they have to be bigger or, you know, maybe they're, they get a lot more use and they're tougher to uh, maintain or what have you. So I, I just imagine there are some challenges and some different uh, circumstances that uh, the clubs have to deal with. What, I mean, when I was going through, and this is a while ago, so they certainly have, could have upgraded the shelters a mm-hmm. lot. But, I mean, you've been on the long trail recently, within the last year two years, right? Uh, it, it's been a few years past past that. But uh, it hasn't but, been that long, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's been a number of years. Jeez, but, old yeah. man, at yeah. times oh, catching yeah. up to you. Yeah, well, definitely. Like five, maybe? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, but my, my experience with Vermont shelters, they were just smaller. Maybe they'd sleep eight people. You know, they would have maybe multiple platforms on two sides. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly when it's pouring down rain, man, you're happy to have them. Well, that's the thing. You talked about your experiences on the trail, and uh, and I, I just for the life of me, I can't place which shelter it was. But that's probably one of my most memorable trail experiences uh, in general. But definitely on the long trail was uh, hiking in, trying to be the be the rain shower that we knew was coming. And uh, we didn't quite beat it. It poured down on us, and uh, we got to the shelter. And fortunately, we were able to unpack and get all all our gear unpacked and had our dry, 
you know, put our stuff to hang and had our food and all that, and it was great. And just waiting out that storm, it was a tin roof shelter, so uh, you know, you had the sound of the, the, the rain beating down on the roof, and you were just uh, safe and sound inside there. It was uh, probably one of the more memorable hiking experiences. Uh, you know, since since you are prepared, you know, you, you're out there and you're, you're not getting to that shelter and just soaking wet with nothing dry to put on. You're able to um, enjoy yourself once you get there. So, well, they uh, they call they call it the Green Mountains for a reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, Vermont definitely gets some rain in the mm -hmm. summertime, right? I mean, we oh, had yeah. rain today. It was nice out. Rain came through. Now it kind of cleared out and sort of looks like it might rain again, right? Maybe so, but uh, you got your computer open here, so I uh, hope it holds out for this interview. But it's, 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 you're right, I mean, it's looking nice right now, and hopefully it'll hold out. I'm betting that the battery holds out less time than the rain, <laughs> okay. but we'll see. But just north of the um, Clarendon Gorge, I guess we'll say that, I ho mm -hmm. hopefully I pronounce it correctly. Uh, is Killington, which have you, you? You've never skied Killington? You know, no, I actually haven't done any. I've been skiing out west, but not really here in Vermont. When when I've been up here, it's really been in the summer, summer and going into you know September and some leaf 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 season. Yeah, I mean the great thing about Killington is the views are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is um, you can catch the chairlift down and reload, maybe hit hit the bar or get a sandwich or get a beer, or whatever take the chairlift right back up and you're hiking again so that was running i guess that time of year it was running for you that you could do that yeah in the summertime it usually does right. yeah but in fact i just did that yesterday we did sugarloaf my son and i actually uh did something very similar where we took the chairlift to the top and hiked the at love the ski resort areas they uh they give you a different experience well we did uh i, I guess it's uh, monroe skyline and uh i think it's like around mad well, and we've also done around Mad River uh, on the long trail, and uh, yeah, I don't ever recall the, the ski lifts running, so I was surprised that they were running for you. Well, I think it depends on the time of year. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't run them late season, early season, because there's no tourists, but if you're right in the smack of the season, they'll run them. Mm -hmm. um, right after Killington is an uh, uh, inn that's been there forever called the Long Trail, and it's right on the uh, highway there. Actually, yeah, we've been there. We did not stay there, but uh, yeah, we... Had, had to pop in for, for a few beers. Yeah, I mean, that, that it's, again, it's been a number of years, but it was a great stop. They've got, uh, you know, nice accommodations, nice little restaurant. I think they had a band playing the mm -hmm. night we were there. It was a blast. But right after that is where the trail splits, and the AT basically heads east, and the long trail heads north. So you must be, if you've done 170 miles, you're really close to hitting the I think so, yeah, because I, I seem to remember, yeah, we... We stopped in, one of our hikes, we stopped in there, you know, I don't know if we ate, but we definitely had a couple beers there before we, uh, before we hiked up, uh, hiked up on the trail, so, uh, I think you're right. And you were talking earlier about another, um, establishment that just reopened, and I heard about this, I think, on the Trail Show, uh, which is another podcast, by the way, for listeners, um, if, if you want a show that follows trail culture closely, and these people have tons of experience having hiked uh, all three of the major trails in the United States. Um, I encourage you to listen to that. But they were talking about, what was the name of that place you had mentioned earlier? Uh, the Long Trail uh, Long Trail Tavern. The Long Trail Tavern. It just reopened, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd been there years ago, uh, well, when we were hiking. And, uh, yeah, we stopped in there. And uh, uh, I'm not sure what happened with ownership or what have you, but they've... Uh, 
you know, they've recently reopened. They, it looks like they've done a really nice job in fixing it up. And they used to let uh, cam hikers camp in the back, back, back behind the um, building there. And I don't know if they still do that or not. But uh, yeah, it's right off the trail, and uh, you know, definitely a good stop uh, there uh, near Morrisville. So, so Glenn, I mean, I, I gave you my my highlights, I guess, from the southern section. You're a man that's traversed the northern section and have done more miles on the long trail than I have. In any spots in the northern piece from really, I guess, Killington North that uh, stick in your mind that you really enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say the biggest one, and uh, I think I mentioned this, was uh, Monroe Skyline. That's, uh, that's one that's uh, always talked about as far as being the most scenic uh, on the long trail. And actually... Uh, on one of our hikes out, we kind of ended right before the Monroe Skyline, that area there, and it was just an overcast, rainy day, and, you know, having heard the stories and all of that, we did not we did not want to hike that. Uh, um, you know, we could have done it, but, um, you know, if you're not going to see anything and it be rained on, we uh, decided to save that for another day, so... Uh, that's what we did, and I think uh, it wasn't the next year. It actually took us a couple of years to get back there, and we were able to uh, to um, get back and hike the Monroe Skyline. And definitely a lot of uh, day hikers out there. But um, you know, after the first, uh, I'm not sure how long, you, you you definitely leave them behind and and uh, you know move forward. Uh, kind of a lot less uh, a lot less uh, crowds on the trail once once you do that. And you talk about ski lifts there. Um, I believe that was the area too where you had um, you had had ski lifts, but they, they certainly weren't running at that time. So, um, but I'd say that was probably the, the one of the most memorable um, times uh, on the trail. So, so you guys typically, I mean, you basically section hiked 170 miles. You guys would usually knock out what, like 20, 30 miles at a time. Uh, yeah, well, we we go out for yeah you know maybe uh four days or something like that, that that's right and d depending what 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 was uh time was available for us so you know right about the time probably when you're getting your trail legs and you're you're feeling good about yourself then you come, come off get yeah get off the trail so it's <laughs> like your body out there mm -hmm. so um so and I understand the northern section is much more difficult than the southern section, right? Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's a challenging hike. I mean, we already talked about the uh, uh, Camel's Hump and Mount Mansfield, uh, but but just in general, you have a lot of scrambling, uh, a lot of climbing. Uh, you know, some technical, you know, things like Devil's Gulch come into come to mind, where uh, you know, just uh, a lot of uh, you have to be careful where you step, uh, and you don't want to. Don't want to fall and hurt yourself there, but um, yeah, uh, definitely very challenging. And um, you know, a lot, a lot of the trails. I mean, you know, some of them there are no switchbacks. You're just kind of going straight up. So uh, it's uh, you know, something that uh, you know can catch you off guard if you're not expecting it. Um, one one thing that sticks out in my mind is uh, we were hiking, and uh, I will not mention the guy's name, but uh, this we sort of came across this one guy's done a lot more hiking than we had and he was kind of laid up in one of the shelters because the trail just kind of kicked his butt so he was just trying to recuperate for a day or two um and he hadn't been out on the trail that long from my memory and uh he was just trying to you know get you know, recover and get back in shape where he could get back on the trail but uh you know a lot of the trail it's uh you know you have steep climbing uh steep scrambling and you know some of it's uh, overgrown and in some of the areas depending where you are so 
hand over hand. Uh, like, like literally hand. Yeah, hand. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, like the southern section, you know, especially once you kind of get your body tuned in, I mean, you can certainly knock out 14 miles a day. And I understand when you get really far north on the Vermont, upper Vermont section of the long trail, it gets really difficult. I mean, are you choked down to like 8 miles a day, 10 miles a day? I'd or? say so. Well, it all depends what shape you're into, you know, as far as are you on day two of the hike where you're, kind of beat from the day before you know and i'm i'm speaking from a section hikers standpoint you know i'm not you know, i'm sure if you've been out on the trail a long time that uh, you can knock out a, a good bit more but um yeah i mean i i think you know maybe 10 miles a day or so you know if uh, on some of the more challenging parts and the shelters are spaced uh, accordingly or are mm-hmm. you, did you yeah well we've always enjoyed the shelters i mean uh uh, you know, it's it's always interesting and fun. You've talked about some of the big shelters, uh, maybe on the southern part, and uh, uh, you know, just they, they're they're not as big, obviously, in the northern part. And uh, you know, some of them are open face, some of them are closed. But we've always had a, had a good time. Uh, it's kind of fun to get to the shelter for the night, and you know, sometimes you're the only ones there, and sometimes you're you're uh, you know sharing. And either, either way, it's uh, it's you know, at the end of a long day, you're you're happy to see that shelter and. And that's uh, kind of the best place on earth to be. So, so you guys really on your section hiking, you did not camp much. You were mostly doing shelters. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and actually, I mean, there, there's really—I I don't know how it is uh, uh, on the southern part that you've done, but uh, th- there's not a lot of room to camp. Yeah, I mean, right. th- yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, you're you're there. I mean, it's. Uh, a pretty rugged territory, so I'm sure you could. You know, if the shelter was full, was full and you had your tent, you you may be able to to find find some place. But no, we we have always stayed in the shelters, fortunately. So, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. And so even in the southern section, you know, there are areas to camp around the shelter, but there's not a lot. It's not like there's these wide open spaces where you can pitch a bunch of tents, like you'd get in Virginia or Georgia. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Did you guys see any? Interesting wildlife on your, uh, I mean, a lot of moose in this territory. Did you see any moose? Oh, we'd, we'd kill to see a moose, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we've, we've gone out looking for moose, even coming up here to the house in Vermont, and uh, we have, have not seen one here in Vermont, so we uh, uh, always have, have, uh, have looked and hoped to see one. We've seen one on other hikes, but uh, definitely not, uh, not on the long trail, so um, uh, I'd have to unfortunately say no. <laughs> I mean, you and I are getting bombed by insects right yeah. now. I mean, did, did what? Uh, I mean, has that been your experience on the long trail? I mean, are the bugs bad or? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've always. Uh, I know there are certain seasons to avoid when you're hiking, like in Vermont. You've got mud season, um, and then you have a uh, black fly season, which I think goes until uh, early end of June or so, maybe. So we, we've avoided that on all our hikes, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the mosquitoes can can definitely get you. I'm trying to think back. Uh, and maybe there were a couple of couple of pretty bad nights out there, but uh, you blacked him out. You blacked him out. He doesn't want to remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell you from going to Canada fishing every year that usually the black flies. Um, it depends on the heat. When if it, once it gets consistently over seventy degrees, the black flies start to die. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that black flies can last anywhere between the first week of June and maybe the second, even linger into the third if you're not getting some hot weather. But um, yeah, they can be pretty. They can pretty much ruin your trip mm-hmm. if you don't plan accordingly. And right now, the mosquitoes are buzzing you and I like crazy. Right? Yeah, which so. um, actually well acquainted to sitting out here in 
getting driven in the house by these uh, mosquitoes coming out, so I, I should not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, swatting at a few myself here. But, um, so, how about weather? I mean, did you guys have any, like, cold weather? I mean, you mostly have hiked it, what, July, August? Those are the typical months people hike it, right? Yeah, well, we've had the, it's run the gamut for us. Uh, I mean, we've had some, I mean, yeah, just really, really hot days out there, you know, it, you know, in your 80s, 90s, obviously, and, but I also remember, uh, you know, some really cold days where if you, if you stopped, you know, and took a break, you really started to chill down, you, they, you know, you didn't want to stop for too long, so... Uh, in the middle I, of the summer, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially on some of those higher elevations with the winds coming in and, uh, you know, stopping to, uh, you know, if you want to have lunch or whatever, you try to find a nice uh, rock outcropping or, you know, nice scenic view that uh, you'd get some uh, breeze coming through and, uh, you know, you'd get you'd get some chill going. But you, ne you never saw any snow in the... Uh I mean, above 4,000 feet, it's a different game, mm -hmm. especially when you get in the furs and it gets really cold, but you never saw any snow? No, no, let's think of it. We, we, we sure haven't. Gotcha. Now, I mean, as a veteran of the John Muir, and I fully respect how completely different the two experiences are, but do you have any comparison to the California John Muir and how they're night and day not even closely related? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you can't even compare them. I mean, the John Muir is uh, every, almost every step of the way you have a, a magnificent view, um, and the long trail, uh, you know, is definitely challenging, and, you, you know, you're working hard for those views. Not that you're not working on the John Muir, but, uh, uh, you know, you're, uh, uh, Definitely. More bang for your buck on the John Muir? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. But the long trail, I mean, it, it, it's fun to get out there. And, you know, we just unfortunately have not had the time to, to get out and do any more sections uh, of it. But for a number of years, we were getting out there a good bit. And it, it was, uh, you know, real real sense of accomplishment to, you know, get out there and um, you know, do another section. So, and I, I feel like at 170 miles, we've... we've uh, you know, accomplished a lot, uh, especially on that northern northern part. So, you know, that that's a, a fun accomplishment. But it's certainly uh, in our mind at some point we want to um, complete that last hundred miles. I, I'm prepared. I, I will do the long trail. I mm -hmm. promise you. I've got to finish it. Mm -hmm. I mean, having done a hundred miles of it already, and I'm fully prepared for the northern part to kick my ass. But I got to ask you, have you know, owning property, and how far are we from the long trail right now? How far are you? Oh, well, uh, I mean, we're probably, uh, probably about 25 miles. I mean, you know, at, well, we're close to Canada, and that's close to the end of the long trail. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably 20 miles or so, you know, to be able to catch a part of it. So i got to ask you the question. <laughs> You've hiked the John Muir in California in the High mm -hmm. Sierra. You, you own property 25 miles from the long trail. So I know the long trail is close to your heart. Mm -hmm. But if you could only do one... What would you do, and why? Well, that—that's uh, we're talking about the long trail now. But uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, especially coming from an East Coast person here, to get out and do the John Muir is, is the way to go. I mean, wow. that's a yeah. statement. Yeah, and uh, uh, that uh, John Muir just—I uh, mean, they're—they're they're both great trails. But uh, I mean, if you get the time, go go and do that. And I, I think you can have an easier park getting out and you know hiking sections of the long trail where that's not going to be as feasible i don't think uh on the john Muir. Oh, that's I mean, a good point that's probably a good another point. discussion but uh 
just the way I kind of look at it. Wow, that's a statement. You know, they're both about the same distance, mm -hmm. so uh, I hear you. Any other major trails on your wish list? Uh, probably want to do something. Well, now with the family, uh, I think there's, uh, my wife's been talking and, uh, about the uh, going international in the uh, Scottish Highlands Trail. Yeah. So, uh, we shall see. Maybe that'll be another podcast. <laughs> Maybe that would be a good one. Five or ten years from now. That would be a great one, actually. So, I'm not, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't be a, you know, a... I'm not actually sure how long this trail is, but we would do uh, maybe a week of it or so with the family, and uh, so that might be uh, something to consider. And I know, you know, just I think it's like uh, I don't know. That, that's probably probably the top one uh, right now. You can eat some haggis while you're over <laughs> yeah, there, right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> At the end of a long hiking day, maybe so. You never know. <laughs> well, Glenn, aka the Helmet, had twins here uh, in the last couple of years, so he. Um, I don't know. That's changed your hiking a little bit, I guess, right? Despite, yeah. despite your wife's love of hiking. Uh, yeah, and it's a shame she couldn't be here on this uh, podcast because she um, uh, she would have a lot to offer on that. But um, in fact, you and I sitting on this deck drinking a beer, talking about hiking with the brook behind us is uh, is uh, pretty fun. So we definitely have to take this opportunity to talk. But um, I'll have to get her on a solo podcast sometime. <laughs> yeah. She is a student of the trail, absolutely. Well, she and she she does a great job planning uh, as far as the John Muir and uh, you know just just these variety of trips um, that we've been on. Most recent big trip, uh, well, actually, we've done some hiking out in Utah, but uh, Isle Royal, I think, um, was uh, probably our most recent uh, really long distance hike um, a couple years ago. You know, and for our listeners, uh, episode with Mackie right before this, which I believe is 15, we talk about Isle Royale, and that is amazing. Not not to get off topic here, but just any thoughts on that quickly? On Isle, uh, and I think it's Isle Royal. Is it really? You would think it's Royale, but uh, having been out there, they call it Isle Royal. Really? But uh, that, that uh, yeah, I mean, just the, the difficulty in getting there, you know, taking the you know, logistics, taking the boat and all that, but once you get, at, get on that, uh, island i mean it's uh, so few people visit it uh, it's uh, difficult to get to but that's we did see a moose there actually we saw a couple moose so uh definitely uh, uh another outstanding trip and uh for the listeners that's lake superior middle of lake superior national park a big island you probably did about a 40 mile hike there right uh, did you go end to end from, from yeah end to end okay. uh -huh. that's really awesome and this is uh podcast about the long trail so um <laughs> maybe what we'll do is have you back for a um our royale interview you get yeah we'll, with the we'll line doe girl up and uh, i'm sure we'll have a great great discussion because that's a fantastic hike too so um but uh, not to discount the long trail this is because this, this is something we want to get back to here uh, as well and uh hopefully uh, you and i can get out this trip and do a little hiking it won't be the long trail but uh, the It'll be some Vermont hiking, which will be nice. It's part of the plan. we got to tee it up for tomorrow. And any final thoughts on uh, hiking in Vermont? Any tips? Any uh, recommendations? Any, uh, for our listeners, any, any things they need to consider before they come out? Well, you know, when we first got into hiking, uh, I think one of our, you know, actually backpacking and, uh, you know, camping overnight and all that, our, our first hike uh, pretty much... Uh, was uh, on the long trail, and um, I, I seem to remember carrying like 50 pounds of gear on my back, 
and uh, stopping at Hazen's Notch, I think, and probably ditching about half of that for things that I didn't need. So um, uh, just kind of a, a just a funny remembrance, I guess. So I mean, definitely, if you're out on the long trail, uh, hiking poles are, are probably a good thing. Uh, and uh, but definitely try to go light because uh, it's uh, it's a challenging trail. Uh, and uh, you know I. You know, we only we, we sectioned hiked it, but uh, you know, a couple couple of memorable occasions too that I remember. We were never so happy to to see the car or to get to that uh, convenience store, you know, for you know after your hike to get a cold drink or what have you. And um, you know, the section hiking is fun. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, hitchhiking opportunities on the trail there, so you meet some people that way. And it, it always makes it interesting. So uh, definitely uh, a lot of good stories go along with uh, getting out on the trail. It's not just the, the parts on the trail, but it's all kind of getting there and, and getting back and the adventures before and after. So, I mean, we've, we've had a great time doing that. And, uh, you know, we, we look forward to get, getting the kids out a little bit on the trail. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we can knock out this last section. But um, you have teed me up well for my final question. Of all the right. Evening trail towns any favorite trail towns on the long trail on the long well i think a big one and probably one of the favorites is i think i said morrisville before but i actually meant to say johnson um near the long trail tavern uh is definitely a, a great town um that um you know i i know people hitch a ride in and you know you can there are places to stay and uh you know you, you get loaded up on uh supplies groceries and all that so that that's what sticks to my mind is uh is is johnson and uh so, uh, on the southern end, I personally enjoyed Killington, but that was because of the Long Trail Inn and the the resort itself, and riding the chairlift and all the fun things that went with that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but Glenn, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you tonight in the schoolhouse. That's true, the yep. eighteen hundred schoolhouse. I love it. That a classic setting. Oh, I have a question for you. You've done a number of podcasts. We're on number sixteen. Uh, yeah, is this? As far as ambiance and setting, uh, mosquitoes aside now, how, yeah. how does this one stack up? Well, i got to tell you, what's not helping us right now is the fact that my computer screen is drawing mosquitoes in like, <laughs> okay. a, uh, like, a, like a beacon on the ocean. Um, the, how are you stacking up? Is that what you're well, asking? Well, how, how, is, how is the uh, ambiance here? Come on now. Oh, the ambiance. Um, the ambiance is pretty badass. Pardon my French. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and, and by the way, we went through Quebec today. By accident, which you know that story. Mm -hmm. So I, I speak no French. You speak French. I don't. Uh, so you couple that with the fact that we're right near the Canadian border, and that we're on this beautiful brook, and uh, you got the Green Mountains surrounding us in this like 1800 schoolhouse. Um, I, I don't know. How do you how do you argue with that? All right, that's, I mean, the, that's the only good. thing I can argue with is the fact I got 15 mosquitoes on me right <laughs> yeah. now. Well, we might have to wrap it up then, but uh, it's been a blast. Thanks, man. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show again. A two-timer. <laughs> can it be three if we talk about Iowa Royal? I think it can. Um, All right. I owe the listeners a, um interview with somebody that's through hiked the long trail in a single year. Please do. I mean, it, I, I, I we say, owe them that. I, I, I would agree with that, and that's a shame Doe Girl wasn't here because uh, she would have had a, had a lot to offer on this. But uh, I, I think... Um, it, hopefully not too hard for you to, to get somebody who, uh, who who's done the done the trail end to end and uh, 
Um, I, I will seek someone that's younger that doesn't have uh, twins that are uh, young and uh, three kids total that has more free time than you and I have. There you go. But uh, thank you for being on the show tonight. Excellent. It was a lot of fun. Thanks again, Steve. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Into Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com from the podcast tab on the secondary menu. Music from this podcast was provided by the John Zed Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at johnzed.com. That's johnzedd.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at N2 Backpacking. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.